I greet you in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a privilege once again to come to you and share the word of the Lord. I appreciate what has been arranged by my brother, the servant of God, uh, Bishop uh, Musa Sono, in this great conference. And I pray that the Lord will speak to you, speak to me, and speak to all of us. Let us pray. Father God, I want to thank you for this wonderful time that you have given me to bring forth your word in this great conference. I pray, dear Lord, that your word will be able to bless your people, all those who are in this conference and beyond around the world. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to each one of us. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are having a theme in this conference, pressing on in challenging times. Pressing on in challenging times. There has never ever been a time when the church, the body of Christ around the world, went through such a time. The church of the Lord has been subjected to a time unprecedented. I really believe God allowed this because God believes in his church. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, when God allowed the enemy, when God allowed the enemy to bring all the trials and all the attacks on Job. It was just because God believed in Job. And that's why God said, take away. Do everything. You can touch everything but except his soul, except his life. It's because God believed in the substance. He believed in what he had invested in job and that's why i really believe when god allows us situations in our lives in the church in the nation it's because god believes what he has built pressing on in challenging times simply means we are not going to quit simply means we are not going to give up simply means we will hold on simply means there is no power that can be able to stop us from achieving that which God has called us. That's why I really love the theme, pressing on in challenging times. So in other words, challenging times cannot stop you and they cannot stop me. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But I press on to take hold of it. I press on to take hold of, of it, which Jesus Christ has already prepared for me. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Again, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
So in other words, it is critical, it is crucial that even when there is opposition, even when things are rising up against you, that you press on. So it is a responsibility that you have, that we have as a church to position ourselves to press on. So in other words, we are simply unstoppable. In other words, there is nothing that can stop us. And I know the devil has been so excited and using what has been happening around the world, especially COVID-19, the coronavirus, the lockdowns that we have had in our nations and everywhere. And many people, of course, in some nations they are allowed, but still even when they are allowed, they have stopped coming to church. So the enemy is so excited thinking I'm going to destroy the church. But I really believe this is a time when the church is going to come out better, stronger, and refined. I really know that there will be men and women who, will, who may not survive. But I believe that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will survive. And it will come out stronger. And it will come out even more powerful than it was before. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. We are hard-pressed on every side. We are hard-pressed on every side. But we are not crushed. And that's why I want to speak to you, my brother and my sister. It's not only the church. It is your life. What you have been going through. What you have experienced at home and in many places. It could be your business. It could be the things that you have been going through. You can be hard-pressed on every side. Things not working out at work. Things not working out at home. Things not working out with your children. Things not working out in your business. Things not working out in your relationships. Pressed from every side, but not crushed. Even the church. Pressed from every side, but we are not crushed. And of course, we are perplexed by the many things that are happening, but we are not in despair. In other words, we are not quitting. We are not giving up our life. We are persecuted because the enemy has taken advantage of it and persecuting the church and some governments have taken advantage of it, persecuting the church. But we are not abandoned. It's not our church. It is the church of our Lord Jesus Christ who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I do not know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through, my sister, but I want you to know that God has called you to press on. Do not give up and do not quit. Under the same theme, pressing on in challenging times, I want to share on the reason why the church will survive in the challenging times. The reason why the church will survive in challenging times. It is just because Jesus said it. How did he say it? He said it in Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So in other words, there is no power. There is no principality. There is no scheme. 
There is no demonic strategy. There is no Lucifer that is able to overcome that which Jesus Christ has built. So the reason why the church will survive in these challenging times, number one, it's because Jesus said it. And the very reason why and the very fact that Jesus said it, it simply means it becomes law. It is a word established. So no matter what the church will go through, no matter what the nations may go through, the church of Jesus Christ will survive these challenging times. I know there are so many people who have been affected. I know many of our churches around the world, the body of Christ has been affected. It has been a trying moment. Income has gone down. People have stopped tithing. And many others have stopped giving. And they don't even come to church. But I still want to let you know. Whether you tithe or you do not tithe. Whether you give or you do not give. Whether you come to church or you do not come to church. Jesus said he will build his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's why I believe number one. Jesus said it. The very fact that Jesus said it, the church will survive. The church will come out stronger. The church will come out powerful. And I see you coming out. And I see the church coming out vibrantly. And they will say, we thought they are finished. We thought they are scattered. We thought they will never come again. We thought they will never gather. And they will be amazed. They will be shocked that church, church halls will be full. And they will be even more than they were before. Because it is not our church. It's the Lord's church. No one can kill the Lord's church. Number three, it is built on a solid foundation. The church of Jesus Christ is built on a solid foundation. That's why it will survive. And that's why we are going to press on even in the challenging times. Number four, the reason why the church of Jesus Christ will survive in these challenging times. It is because it is a building. The church of Jesus is a building. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say something very important. That there is a very big difference between a building and a gathering. There is a very big difference between a building and a gathering. We have built gatherings and we have not built a building. What we call the church, many times it is a gathering of spectators. There is a very big difference between the church of Jesus and church gatherings. And I must admit, church gatherings will be affected. But the church of Jesus cannot be affected. Because there is a difference between gatherings and the church. When you read the word of the Lord in Matthew 
chapter 7, verse 25. Jesus gives a parable of one who had built on sand. The material was the same, but he built on sand. And another one used the same material, but he built on the rock. In Matthew 7, verse 25, the Bible says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Same houses, very imposing, looking attractive and beautiful. So it's not how we look, it's not how we appear, it's not how many we are. But the question is the foundation upon which you have been built as a Christian. The foundation upon which the church or the gatherings, what we call church, has been built on. Because time will come. And in fact, it has come when the rain came down. The rain came down both on a house that was built on sand and on a house that was built on a rock. The rain came down on the sand. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. So Jesus is trying to use a figurative language that there will be times in life when the rain will fall, when the winds will blow against your house, when the winds will beat against the house. In other words, the things that would cause the house to fall, the things that would cause a Christian to fall, the things that would cause the organization to fall will come. You cannot bind the rain. You cannot bind the streams. You cannot bind the winds. And you cannot bind all these things. There are certain things that God just allows. I know we have prayed. And I know we have tried to bind COVID-19. And we have really prayed. And I believe God has heard our prayers. And answered our prayers. But God has allowed it to beat. Why has God allowed the rain to come down? The streams to rise. And the winds to blow. To beat against the house. Why? Because he believes in the foundation. God wants to test the quality of the church. The quality of the material that we have used to build. I want to tell you what we have called church is not church. It is gatherings of people. Just a gathering. They come to church to feel nice. They come to church because it is convenient to come to church. And when attacks come and challenges come, they stop coming to church. They stop giving even when the the, 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 the laws and the rules or the government or the lockdowns are in place. The church is still in place. We may not gather 
but we are still committed to the vision. We may not gather, but we are still committed in our relationships. We may not gather, but we still are faithful to God. And we are faithful in the house where God has planted us. That's why I'm speaking to you, all those who are watching me on television, wherever you are watching me, are you faithful in the house where God has planted you? Have you been faithful paying your tithes and sending your tithes? Have you been faithful sending your offerings even when you are not gathering because of lockdown? We have the technology. You can transfer your tithe from your bank to the church. We have the technology. You can send your offering to the church. Does it mean when there is a lockdown, our spiritual life also goes under lockdown? Does it mean when there is a lockdown, you stop to pray in your house? Does it mean when there is a lockdown, you stop tithing? Does it mean when there is a lockdown, you stop giving your offering? Does it mean when there is a lockdown, you stop sharing the word of God? Does it mean when there is a lockdown, you stop caring for one another? Does it mean when there is a lockdown, you stop even finding out how other brothers and sisters are doing? I believe what has happened is a challenge. And it is a test to many pastors around the world. All of us are being examined what kind of material we have used to build the church. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. The rain came down. The streams rose. And the winds blew just like the COVID has done. And beat against the church. Beat against the house. Yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus Christ is our rock. And the word of the Lord is our rock. That's why there is no power. There is no power of witchcraft. There is no power of Freemason. There is no power of Lucifer that can destroy or that will destroy the church. And I see the church coming out stronger. I see the church coming out more powerful. I see the church coming out even more anointed. The Lord says in Isaiah 48 verse 10, I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction. I see the church coming out refined and better. I know we will lose some members. I know we will lose some members. I know we will lose some people. And I know we have even lost some because they were not part of the building. They were not part of the church. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the reason why the church will survive in these challenging times, it's because Jesus said it. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So Jesus said it. And number two, it is the Lord's church. Number three, it is built on a solid foundation. And number four, it is a building. It is a building.
we have confused gatherings to the church. We say we have a church when we are counting on gatherings. Now look at this. In 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5, the Bible says, we, you also like living stones. You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Listen to what I'm about to say. There is a very big difference between gatherings and the church. Gatherings will scatter but the church will not scatter. You are living stones. And the problem we have had in the church, it's because in the body of Christ, we are a heap of living stones. A heap of living stones cannot become a building. I agree we have living stones. But I also agree we have not put those living stones into a structure that would be called a building. I'm in a big building here. It's not a heap of stones. It's not a heap of steel. It's not a heap or a pile of, of iron sheets or blocks. It has been nicely set. There is a foundation. Then we have block upon block. The steel is in the right place. Everything is in the right place. And this is what Peter says. You also are like living stones. We are stones. The only difference is that we are stones full of life. Because we have Jesus Christ. Now being a living stone is not enough. The Bible says you are being built into a spiritual house. And that's where the problem is. We have not built. We have gathered but not built. We have preached but not built. It's only churches that have been built that will be able to survive. It's only churches, it's only living stones that have been built into a building that will be able to press on in challenging times and survive. The challenging times that the church and the nations are going through are testing the work that we have done. And I want to ask you this question. To you on a personal level as a Christian and as a believer. Yes, you are a living stone. But have you allowed the Holy Spirit to work on you? To chisel you? To cut you? To take out all the rough edges? It is only the Holy Spirit that knows where you will fit in. You can come to church every day. You can come to church every Sunday and have a nice seat. That does not make you part of the building. 
Are you committed? Or you are a loose stone that can easily be blown away by the wind? Or are you a block or a brick that has contributed to the strength and strengthening of the church? Are you committed? You may not even be gathering because of lockdown. But you are still committed in the area of prayer. You are still committed in the area of studying the word. You are still committed. You can pick up your phone and call somebody and find out how they are doing. You are still committed praying for your pastor. You are still committed sending your tithe, paying your tithe. You are still committed sending your offering. Are you a living stone that has been allowed that has allowed the Holy Spirit to place you where you belong and where you ought to be? I must admit, many of what we call churches, they are not churches. No matter how big they are. No matter how small they are, they are simply preaching points. And how I pray that God will strengthen his church. And I know the church is going through a refining process. And I know the church is coming out stronger. But we must be ready that a few or some of those we thought were living stones. We are loose and may fall off the way. The reason why the church will survive in challenging times, it's because, number one, Jesus said it. Number two, it is the Lord's church. Number three, it is built on a solid foundation. Number four, it is a building. And number five, the church is a body. That's the reason why the church will survive. We are not just a gathering, but we are a body. We are a body. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible reads, From him, the whole body joins From him, the whole body joins and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. From him who is Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the whole body has been joined and take note of this Two words. Not only are we joined, we are not loose. So in other words, there is no loose part of the body. My hand is held, joined to the body. My legs, my head, everything is joined together. Just like as I was talking about the stones, the building blocks, they are joined. But we now see it being spoken in a body form. The body has been joined. 
Are you sure? My brother, my sister, you are joy. It's possible to come to church, worship, lift up your hands, enjoy the word and go out, but you are not joined to the body. You do not receive nourishment and you do not supply, you do not contribute to the well-being of the church. Not only are we joined, but the Bible says we are held together. So lockdown or no lockdown, COVID-19 or no COVID-19, the Bible says we are held together. Churches these days have become like men and women going to watch a nice football match. They celebrate. They shout in the terraces. But when you go out, you are out. When you're in the stadium, you don't know even who is your neighbor. And when you leave that place, you are sure you will never meet that neighbor you had again. You don't, you don't care. And that's how the church is. And that's how it has become. It is just a gathering. We dance, we praise God. Yet we don't even know our neighbor. You don't know the one seated next to you. You don't even know what your brother is going through. You don't care. When you leave the doors of the church, you are rushing home. But that's not the church. That's a gathering. But when it comes to the church that Jesus built, it is not only a building, it's a body. We are held together. And this has been a test during these trying moments whether we have been held together. There are others who have gone through tribulations. Others have lost their beloved ones. Others have lost their husbands, lost their wives, lost their children. Others have lost their jobs. Others have lost their income. And they are on their own. Nobody knows. Because the structure was built in such a way that we were sustained by a Sunday service. We were sustained by a gathering. I believe God is speaking to us. I believe God is speaking to the church worldwide. I believe God is speaking to the body of Christ. That we re-examine re ourselves. Have we been able to build according to the pattern? Which is the word of God. I believe we have not built according to the pattern. Which is the word of God. We have built according to the worldly patterns, organizational patterns, but not the word of God. Look at what Ephesians 4.16 says. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. So in other words, it's the ligament that supports the body. It is the ligament that holds the body together, the bones together so that we are not falling apart as we are walking. 
ligaments are we held together as a church look at this do we have spiritual ligaments as a church and the bible says grows so the church grows the body grows lockdown or not lockdown the church grows whether you meet or you do not meet the church grows and the Bible says, and it builds itself up in love. So that's where the, atmo that's the atmosphere where the church grows. The church grows where there is love. If you like, the fish grows where there is water. It survives. And the church survives, lives. Our water is love. I pray that God would help us. By the grace of God, I've been pastoring now for 36 years. I have been pastoring for 36 years. I look forward, God willing, four more years to celebrate. 40 years, God willing. I remember when I was just about six years in ministry, pastoring, the Lord spoke to me one day. We never had a building. We were meeting at a school. And then the Lord said, suppose the government stopped you and said, you cannot meet anymore at a school. Will your church survive? Will the church survive? I did not rush to answer or to give out that answer to the Lord. I thought about it, then I said, no, Lord, I don't think we would survive. Then the Lord said, then you have not built my church. You have a gathering and not my church. I did something very radical. I did something very radical. And I said, we are not going to have church for two weeks. We are not going to meet here. And we are going to meet in our homes. Divided the church. And prepared for about a month. And we met in our homes. And then we could only come in the afternoon just to celebrate. Ladies and gentlemen, that's when we experience the phenomenal growth. The church double and the people I baptized was just the number of the people was unprecedented. The following year I closed the church for, for one month and I was able to baptize about 200 people and more and from that time we broke the ceiling that was causing the church not to grow. The Lord was saying to me take the church to the people. Church is people. Take the church to their homes. Church is in their homes. Church is where people stay. We all have a gathering place. That's good. Because we need to gather together. We need the fellowship. We need the warmth. But church is not Sunday. Church is Monday. Church is Tuesday. Church is Wednesday. 
Church is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That is church. Church is all about relationships. Very soon I will be closing. But I want to ask you this question. Have you been committed to the Lord Jesus? If you are not born again, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, I don't care. You can go to the best church, whatever you might call the best church, nice building, anywhere. It will not help you. It all begins by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It all begins by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior in your heart. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were made to drink of one Spirit. That's what makes church. There are several baptisms. Several baptisms. When you become a Christian, when you become born again, when you become a child of God, you know what happens? The Holy Spirit takes you and baptizes you. Do you know where he baptizes you? Into the body. And what is the body? relationships. The body is not something that you might say invisible. The body of Christ is visible. It's people. It is relationships. Men and women who are born again, who love Jesus, who are called living stones, he baptizes you there. And he wants you there. He connects you in a body. You become a part that receives nourishment and passes nourishment to others. That receives life and passes it on to others. So he baptizes. Another baptism where Jesus Christ himself now baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost baptizes you in the body. The first baptism. And then Jesus Christ baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. And then man, pastor, whoever baptizes you in water. immerses you in water. There are various baptisms. But a true church of Jesus Christ is a church that has gone through this baptism where the Holy Spirit picks you. Where the Holy Spirit takes you and baptizes you. In the church. Have you been baptized into the church? Have you been baptized into the body of Christ? And I know you're saying, but that's a strange teaching. You are never baptized into the church. Yes, you are baptized in the church. First Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. That is the church. That is relationships where commitment is demanded. 
not say, I'm going to be part of the church when I feel like. I'm going to worship when I feel like. I'm going to give when I feel like. I'm going to tithe when I feel like. It is in these moments that we know who are the true living stones in the hands of the porter, in the hands of the builder, Jesus Christ. Are you willing to be worked on? Are you willing to be placed where God wants you to be placed? Are you willing to be part of this book? This is what I've been sharing on today. As I close and as we pray. Pressing on in challenging times. We read from Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. But one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind. And straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9. We are hard praised. We are hard praised on every side. But we are not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroy. The reason why the church will surely survive in these challenging times, it's because Jesus said, and I tell you, Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Number two, it is the Lord's church. Number three, it's built on a solid foundation. Number four, it's a building. And number five, we are living stones that are being built together. Number five, the church is a body, brother. The church is a body. I pray that you will be committed to the Lord Jesus. And I pray that you will be committed to your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the believers. Pray for the nation. Remember to pay your tithe. And remember to send your offerings to the house of God. Because the work of God must continue regardless of the lockdowns, regardless of the trials. Let us pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your word that has come up. And Lord, it is written once more, I will shake. And the once more indicates the removing of things that can be shaken. But you have given us a kingdom that cannot be shaken. When you allow trials and tribulations, it's because you believe in the church and you believe in the work and you will believe. You believe in what you have already done. I pray for the church that it will be strong. I pray for the church that it will come out even more powerful. Father, I give you praise. Father, I give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stay blessed.